Okay, well, we've only got about an hour and a half left, so. Uh. <laughs> I told Bob I couldn't see that clock real well from up here. <laughs> no, we, we just got a few minutes left, but I did want to give some time for uh, a little interaction tonight, and, and we've, by the grace of God, made it all the way through the gospel. So, um, any any question, any burning questions or comments that, that uh, somebody would like to mention before we move on to a different study? Yeah, that's the 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 part of the cross. But usually, what they would do is have when they crucified when they were do using that form of execution, the upright part was permanent. You know, it stayed in the ground, had it planted in the ground. So when they crucified them, and I'm glad she brought that up, by the way, because I actually said something um, uh, wrong, you know, applied it to a wrong part of the... Of the when he says here, let's, let's look at this, and this will help too. Yeah, because I said it wrong this morning. Um... Look at verse 19, 2119, 2120, rather. Let's see. No, 2118. I'll get it right in a minute, y'all. 2118. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Now, what I was saying this morning is that that was that phrase there. You will stretch out your hands was commonly understood as a reference to um, to crucifixion, and it's for this reason because they would lay the they would lay the cross member on the ground, and the victim would have to get down there. the the uh, The accused criminal would have to get down there and stretch out their hands. And w where I got it wrong this morning was, I said, you know, they make them stretch out their hands and they nail them to the cross. But uh, it's, it's actually prior to that, prior to the nailing. I mean, it, it was before they would carry it. You know, they, they would make them lay down, stretch out their arms, and they would tie them to the cross and to the, to the cross bar, which is what I said this morning, the part that goes crossways. They would tie their arms to that and then they would have to stand up with it and carry it to the to the place of execution. And then once they were there, they would nail nail their uh, hands to it and then lift them up. And then they would take that crossbar, lift it up, and put it on the upright beam. And they would be crucified. So apparently, um, that is what Jesus is referring to here. Because, uh, for one thing, in verse 19... John says, this he said to show by what kind of death. In other words, John is saying he said this in reference to the manner of death, by what kind of death he was to glorify God. Um, and according to tradition, not, in, not recorded in Scripture, but uh, according to tradition, Peter was crucified, probably in Rome by uh, Emperor Nero. Um, Probably. Like I say, it's not recorded in Scripture, but we have some evidence of that. Yeah. 
According to some reports, yeah, he was crucified upside down. That's not something we know for sure, but it may be true. Um, okay, anybody else? Okay, what is, I will throw some questions out then. What is John's main reason for writing this gospel? <laughs> there you go. So that we would believe, right? So that his readers would believe. And so that we would believe that Jesus is who? The Christ, yeah, all of the above. They're actually correct. The way he words it there is so that you will believe that, so that we will believe that he's the Christ. Now, who's the Christ? The anointed one, yeah, the Jewish Messiah whom they were, were looking for. Um, and the Jews, you know, to, to this day, I mean, practicing Jews don't believe that he's the Messiah. He is the Messiah. That's what John is declaring. I've read a quote just today by a Jew, not somebody I know, just a thing I read in the news, but a Jewish rabbi said, um, said oh, yeah, we believe Jesus was a... Um, historical figure. He lived in the second temple period, which is all correct. He lived in the second temple period, and he had uh, issues with uh, some of the leadership. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and, and that is correct, but he's also the Messiah, which, uh, which they reject. Yeah. Right. Right. And from what I've read of the, you know, a little bit of the history of the time, anticipation was high. I mean, they they thought that, you know, this is it's kind of like today you hear people talk about the end times. Well, they thought this, you know, this is time. They, they still missed it. Yeah. Yeah.
That's good. That's good. That's good because with that, you know, with, with what Brother Cross is saying right there, when, when Lord willing, when we get to Acts 2, that's what's behind there. When they're crying out to Peter, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. right so he's he's the he's the messiah the messiah in other words the long awaited anointed one the one the one promised the anointed one promised by god the one who would come uh the prophet like moses who god would raise up and the people would listen to and and uh the you know the uh the christ john says i want you to know that he's the christ and that he's the son of god and I think it was Riley that said that he was God. Wasn't it you that said that or Jordan? One of y'all. I know I heard the voice, somebody say that over there. Well, John um, makes a point of uh, making sure we're exposed to that truth as well. Right off the bat in John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And, of course, he's referring to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You can get him at Lifeway. Good thing to hand out, yeah. You know, and, and of course, the Word of God, I mean, it's just so amazing anyway. But, you know, usually when, when I tell people to read it, I tell them um, there's going to be a lot of things you don't understand, but there's going to be a lot of things you do understand. So just read. Just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. And then if you need to, uh, you know, when you finish, go back and read it again. Um, because there is. There's a lot there. You, the first chapter, you know, I can just, I can envision somebody sitting there and in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God. The Word, you know, that would all be kind of strange. But there's, there's plenty there uh, that they can understand. And then, uh, you know, as they read, it's God that opens the understanding anyway. So, yeah, that's a... 
excellent place to start, uh, I think, for people. And you can. You can get those, like Brother Carl's saying. I, in fact, I tr try to keep them on me. I should have one in my truck, but haven't checked lately, but haven't given one out lately. But, but I, li I like, to, like using those as a, as a resource. Word of God. Anybody else? Any other comments? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, just corresponds to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's working good because that's I agree. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it corresponds with the denials. Three times he was asked, "Do you know this man?" Nope. Don't know him. <laughs> Never seen him before. So Jesus three times says, "Do you love me?" Yeah. Yeah. There was no question in his mind that that was all he could do. And he had the perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Um, we also talked about how the Lord does the different ways. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and some teach that. I mean, obviously the the whoever wrote the the note there, but uh, honestly, I don't I, I don't think there's a difference. Um, not not a not a really significant one. There there is a little different nuances to the words, um, but let me let me give you an example of what I'm. I had some examples this morning, but uh, the clock was moving so fast I just didn't 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 uh, get to them. But uh, kind of like tonight, huh? Let me give you a, a, a couple of examples where they're just used uh, synonymously. Um, okay, for example, in John three thirty-five, Jesus says, "The Father loves the Son." So he's, so he's talking about the Father's love for himself. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He says the same thing in 10.17, John 10.17, For this reason the Father loves me. Uses Both of those are agape. The Father, agape, um, is the word there. The Father loves the Son. Um, here are some more. Um, John 15.9, Just as the Father hath loved me, agape. Um, John 17.23, Loved them, that is the disciples, even as you loved me, agape. Um, for you loved me, John seventeen twenty four. You loved me before the foundation of the world, agape. John seventeen twenty six. 
um, so that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Agape. John 5, verse 20, For the Father loves the Son. Now remember John 3.35, the first one I mentioned? John 3.35, The Father loves the Son. That's agape. John 5.20 is the Greek uh, verb philio. That's the other term that's used here in, in John 21. So John, John doesn't seem to um, see any significant difference. He, he uses them interchangeably. Now Jesus uses both when he talks about the Father's love for himself. Um, John 13.23 is talking about the beloved, the disciple whom Jesus loved. There was reclining on Jesus' bosom one of the disciples whom Jesus loved. That's agape. Okay. Um, John 20, verse 2. She ran, this is after the resurrection, she ran, came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. Not agape, but filio. So the very same phrase, just like we saw in John 3 and John 5, there, talking about the Father's love for the Son, here it's talking about Jesus' love for, the, for, the, for, for whom we think is John, the, the, the beloved disciple. Um, and and he, again, he uses both verbs to describe Jesus' love for him. Um, another example, John eleven five. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So there, Jesus, there John is describing Jesus' love for Lazarus, uh, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, and he uses the, the verb agape. In John eleven three and 36, verses 3 and verse 36, So the sisters sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love, filio, not agape, but filio, so in, in verse 3, he uses filio. In verse 5, he uses agape. And then in verse 36, he uses filio again. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. Now, all of those are describing the same relationships. First, the relationship between father and son. John uses both verbs. The relationship of Jesus to um, the beloved disciple. John uses both verbs. The relationship of Jesus to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. John uses both verbs to describe it. So I, I don't. I don't think there's a significant difference. There, there is. There, there is, of course, just like with any synonyms. You know, there's a little bit of nuance uh, in in the meaning, but um, you know. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think there's. A, it, it's love, it's, it, and I. And I don't. It. It can be. It. It is sometimes used in that way. But also, Paul uses agape when he says, "Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world." So. So. It. It seems like, as far as nuance, it seems like um, agape may carry a little bit. Like, how did it say it there? Affection. Um, Where, where filio, in some, some places you could make the case it's, it's like a, a some, again, some people use it like a, a friendship or brotherly love, like I said this morning, Philadelphia, you know, uh, which comes from filio and adelphos. Um, 
brotherly love, but um, but mm-hmm. and with filial love. Yeah, I don't, and that's what I don't think there's the the fact that John is using both verbs here in John 21. I'm, I'm I don't think is really significant. He's just using. No, not necessarily, which is what I'm what I'm saying here. It looks like John uses them interchangeably here. They can have, yeah, they can have a little different nuanced meaning, but not necessarily. So, it is. <laughs> but, right. If I say I love Leslie, and then five minutes later you hear me say I love pepperoni, um, you know, there's different meaning there. Let's hope. I mean, you know. <laughs> There he is. Trust me. <laughs> so, so yeah. And in this context, it doesn't seem like there's any significant difference. Like he's just using them interchangeably. And John likes synonyms. You know, I gave you a few examples this morning, and and I I noted some of them when we went through First John as well. You know, sometimes um, he would use uh, different, like he would say, whoever says. I believe. Well, he would use different verbs there for saying. Um, here, he uses different words for knowing. And in the same context, right there, he uses, sometimes it's from the gnosko, sometimes it's oida, the Greek word. He uses different words for to know. He uses different words for lamb. He uses different words for feed. So, John likes synonyms. That's just, it's just style. You know, different writers have different styles. think it's 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 symbolic um, of anything um, I think it just means that he had positioned a big school of fish on the right side of that boat <laughs> and so he said throw the net on the right side <laughs> that's right that's right Yeah. Well, I'm not enough of a fisherman. I mean, you know, I could. I, I do know this just from what I've read. Um, that, but I don't think this is the reason why Jesus said it. But they did consider the right side good luck. But I don't think Jesus, you know, that had anything to do with. <laughs> like I say, it was uh, providence, not luck. But. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. 
but on the you know, on a on the boat, you know, what what is it? Starboard. The right is starboard, and I don't know I don't know what the rest of them is, but yeah. But yeah, you know, it's just it's just an example of Jesus saying of Jesus making something happen. It's a miracle, even though John doesn't call it a sign here. That's what it is. It's a, it's another sign. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If there's any symbolism there, and that's you know that's what I I, I talked about last Sunday. Uh, if there's any symbolism there, I think it would just be a picture of the like a like a living parable of the kingdom. And Jesus is basically saying, if you follow my instruction, you know you'll you'll bring the catch in because he's going to make sure they jump in the net. <laughs> so so if we if we are faithful to cast the net, he'll make sure the fish get in it. And we bring them in. So, so it's probably a picture of that. But, but beyond that, anything else? All right. And it is a it's an awesome book, isn't it? All all of the Bible is. But John's John is you know this is one thing. Hopefully, we pointed out as we went through, but. Um, a lot of people refer to it as the, the spiritual gospel. It's it's a different it's a different perspective than you get from uh, the synoptics, from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. A little bit different perspective, and all, all of them have a little different perspective. But I mean, John's even stands out more so uh, than the other three. Yeah. 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 Amen. 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 That's right. Yeah, and, it, and that's a good example. Because it's not that it's not in the other. It is. But it really comes out in John's, in, intentionally, you know. It, it really comes out. And I think that's, again, you know, probably on purpose. John had probably read um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And uh, so, you know, a lot of that's in, intentional, I'm sure. Anything else? All right. Well, Lord willing, um, we'll soon be in the book of Acts, so if you want to start reading there, that'd be good good preparation. And uh, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll dismiss. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word, and we do thank you for the privilege of being able to do what we do here, which is take your word and go through it, read it verse by verse, and have the kind of discussion and, and uh, all that we've been able to have. Lord, we're, we're thankful for, for that grace. And Lord, uh, we ask, Lord, that you help us now as we uh, go about our routines this week. Lord, um, Help us to take these things with us so that we don't forget all that we've read about today and all that we've talked about today and heard. And Lord, uh, help us to, to put these things into, into action. Uh, Lord, that we may go out and do what, what, what John is doing here as he bears witness in this gospel, that we may also go out and bear witness to the people around us and that we may point them to Christ testify of your grace in our own lives 
And again, uh, Lord, uh, that you may grant that we may speak words in season to those who need to hear, encouraging them to trust Christ as well. Lord, use us for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.